When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to the Court Report. I am Jerry Price. I am joined by Princeton women's basketball coach Courtney Bankhart. Coach, welcome. I'm glad to be here. So you were saying as you walked in that where you come from, February weather is not quite like the weather is in Princeton this week. It is in the 70s today here it's in awesome. Princeton. Yeah. Uh, which I'm a big fan of. You are a New Hampshire native. Yes. Um, I, I, I don't think I could have lived in a place where it's <laughs> the winters are that brutal. Yeah, in the spring, you don't have a spring, right? It's never really, it's snow is melting and muddy. And yeah, it's really awesome to be around spring. But it's still February. It's, mid, it's actually late February, yeah. which means that you're reaching the stretch drive of your season here. And four regular season games to go. I'm not 100% sure that you've mathematically clinched a spot in the Ivy League tournament, but I think you, you probably have, given the fact that all the teams behind you are kind of tied but let's assume that the Ivy League tournament is there, the Ivy League championship is there to be played for uh, with four games to go, and then beyond that, the Ivy League tournament itself, and then beyond that, the postseason. So where is your head now as your team sort of is at this point of the season? I have to say, truthfully, I, I'm my head is how much I'm enjoying this particular team. I couldn't give enough credit to our senior leadership. I've been in this business a long time, and I've been a part of a lot of teams, and you just continually reminded the power of senior leadership and um, to think that we've got four more regular season and um, how much fun I'm having with this team and how important these games are just makes it even that much more fun. So if you go back to uh, opening night, which was, I can't even remember, George Washington? Yeah, okay. good good pickup. If you go all the way back to the George Washington game, it doesn't really seem like it was that long ago. Mm -hmm. It's months now, so it's a very long season. Yeah. Does, does the grind get to you at a certain point, or because you have – a few built-in breaks somewhere in December for holidays. There, I don't remember what the longest gap was, but there was you know, essentially a big 
break mm-hmm. with no games, and then also first exam break, which is three weeks. I mean, does that get you recharged? Yeah, Are you I th- tired? Yeah, you know, I think you try one of the one of the keys jobs of basketball coaches is to manage the, the depth and you know just. No, the, I meant you. Oh, me. Yeah, I would say it's one of my big charges is to stay refreshed and rejuvenated and not ask for others to do that for me. So I do that the best I can. Yesterday, at, I worked until about 2, and I um, then I picked up my kids and took them to the Philadelphia Aquarium and had dinner right across from the way. And um, So I, I try to do things to keep myself rejuvenated and, and because they, this team needs me to be at my best, and um, it is a long season, and, and you do get tired because you're competing all the time and you're dialed in. And for me, I'm constantly thinking about my team. Are we healthy? Are we fit? Are we strong? Are we, are we rested? Are we ready to compete? So, yeah, it's a, managing that is important. Your team has no player averaging more than 29 minutes a game, which is extraordinary. And I actually didn't go back and look this up, but I'll bet there aren't a lot of teams that you've had that haven't had at least one player averaging 30 minutes a game. No, I think you're, you're so right. The depth is allowing – it's given us a lot of and help. The Ivy League website lists – uh, statistics and one of them is minutes played per game and, and number 10 on the list is 32.4 that's a big that's three more minutes than your top player and that's the only the top 10 11 and 12 have to be uh, uh, Ross and Wachetti from Penn who are 32.3 each I mean that those are a lot of minutes that people play and your team not playing those minutes is that a function of a lot of games that have been one-sided is that a, a thing that you've set out to do is that a yeah. That you were even aware of. Yeah, no, I'm aware of it. I think it's uh, we play so hard on both ends that it's really hard to sustain a 34-minute a game average with, with how much I'm asking them to do on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, obviously, statistically, I thought you wrote a great Tiger blog in, in terms of promoting the fact that statistically, if you're looking only at points per game without looking at minutes, um, you're missing a huge part of the story because the Bella's efficiency rating is remarkable. Um, and the best player and the best team should be credited for such. But um, I give a lot of credit to our depth because we – we're allowed to play at the pace we play at over the course of this many games because of it. Um, and so we have almost 10 guys averaging double-figure minutes. And this is not a charity work I'm doing. It's I'm competing to win games, and I'm competing to win championships. And the more we can the more we can utilize good players, the more – it's like they say in football, like rest your running backs when you can. You want fresh. So you want three running backs um, who can all go at it. Um, so, you know, it's the depth is, is critical to this particular team, and it's why we're so good. So if you want to go back to last weekend, that was the conclusion of five games in eight days. And when we talked about that before, you had never gone through that because the Penn game now was on that Tuesday night. But, uh, you know, you won all five games. The average margin of victory was significant. Mm -hmm. None of them were, you know, I mean, it's not fair to say that none of them were competitive. They were competitive games, but Mm -hmm. the final score was very Um, one-sided. You know, got to feel pretty good about getting through that. Man, yeah, it was a lot of basketball. I've watched a lot of basketball in the last two weeks, and um, my team has played a lot of basketball, and they've worn their uniform more often than not. Um, you know, Saturday we had, we had a long drive from Cornell to Columbia um, late Friday night, got in after midnight. Um, so we actually foregoed our shoot-around at Columbia, which is very rare for an away game. You want to get used to their gym, even for 45 minutes of shots. But I thought the rest was more important. So we had a we taped the floor of the hotel ballroom and, and did a walkthrough in the hotel and, and a hefty film session. Um, but it was a it was a long stretch of games and um, you know the it, again it goes back to our senior leadership and their competitive energy. I didn't have to coach competitiveness. I got to coach X's and O's. I mean that's a rough road trip to go to Columbia oh. Friday night and then uh, excuse me Cornell on Friday oh night and then Columbia. Yeah. And then the Columbia game was close in the first quarter. Were you? Mm-hmm thinking it may be catching up to us or were you just 
No, I think it's, as I try to tell my team this, everyone practices every day. You know, these are Division One athletes across the board. So um, I think some of the our non-conference schedule was so challenging. There were only a few teams that we should have, quote, rolled. Um, and I thought those were good experiences for us to learn that it's a 40-minute game. So don't have to roll them in the first 10. Don't be worried about, God, if the score's close after 10, maybe we're not as good as we thought or maybe we're not playing as well. Just keep going. Um, and that, that was a huge lesson and a huge turning point for this team. And um, as a result, I think we're able to sort of sustain whether we play well. I told them after the Columbia game, you know, uh, Cornell, we just hammered them early. Uh, Columbia, we had, to, we had to sort of sustain a little bit longer. Um, so we've shown that we can win in a lot of different ways. And that, again, speaks to your depth and your leadership. And this team has won in a lot of different ways this year. I hope it keeps going. So at what point do you start to look at the big picture of, you know, where your team is in the standings, what you need to do to win a championship? Even who the other team like might be in the first round of the Ivy Tournament, that kind of stuff, where you just focus completely locked in this weekend, which starts uh, Harvard Friday night. No, it's Dartmouth Friday night, seven o'clock, the and men, then the men are the reverse, though, aren't they? Uh, no, we're all Harvard Saturday. I thought Harvard was here Friday for the men. Mm-mm. Okay. Nope, we got Dartmouth Friday and, and Harvard Saturday, and both are at seven for the women. And um, no, I'm totally locked into this weekend. I mean, if we're we're getting so much closer, it's kind of a separation weekend. If we can if we can earn a, a very difficult road sweep, then we basically um, can almost guarantee we're cutting down nets um, at home, which I know how hard it is to do. I know it's something we've done a lot here, but it's really hard to do. And um, so it's kind of a separation weekend that I'll worry about. I'll worry about the Ivy Tournament when it's that time, and I'll worry about the postseason after that. Right now, it's 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 Dartmouth and Harvard. So Harvard, uh, Dartmouth and Harvard, um, tied for the tied for third with mm-hmm. Yale. So those three teams playing uh, for the last you assume two tournament spots. Mathematically, that's not the case, but uh, you know Penn is a game back of you, and then yep. uh, so Princeton nine and one, uh, Penn is eight and two, and then Harvard, Dartmouth, and Yale all six and four. Uh, and then eight losses or more for the other teams, so yeah. they're, they're out of it. But uh, that's a lot for them to play. Big time. They're uh, starving. They got to get because they each have and Penn they're and, home. and, they and they're that. home. And, and they, they each have Penn and Princeton, and they each have Cordon Columbia. So on paper, two teams they should lose to, and two teams they should beat. And so one of them has to win one of the games. Exactly. Big. Yes. So and huge. But what is the you know you you handled both of them fairly easily the first time. What does that do for the rematch? Anything, nothing? Is it in your mind you're worried that you think it's going to be easy? In their mind they're thinking we're you know, not as, as bad as we looked in that game? What mm-hmm. No, I think this, this, again, this group has been really mature about it. And, and I think because we've beaten them before, we know we can. And so then it comes down to 50-50 balls. It comes down to execution. It comes down to um, the, the things that it's not like are we good enough and can we beat them? We know we can. And, and how we take care of the, the things that we need to take care of to earn it. You know, we were really accountable to the scout the last time we played them. Um, if they remain as accountable to the, s- the scout um, and they take care of 50-50 balls in, in, in the rebounding battle, you know, I like our chances. And this this particular team is never overconfident. And finally, they're not underconfident. I think this team kind of has a good sense of who they are and looking forward to battle. So uh, when you go into a week like this where you have uh, played these teams once already, is your schedule the same as it would be the first time around? And how much of what you're doing is is different than what you did the first time when you get ready to play a team? 
because now there's that level of familiarity, or mm -hmm. is it basically just the same exact thing and reinforcing everything exactly the way you did before? I try to think about what adjustments the other coach might make. In other words, I put myself in their shoes and say, hey, we beat them the last time. What, what, what are they, what, you know, what can we do to try to disrupt Princeton in a different way? So I think about the adjustments that I would make, and I try to make sure that my team's prepared for those, but I also don't lose sight of the fact that the way that we were locked into the scout the first time worked really well. Um, and so, you know, what adjustments can we make based on the first game that can make us sharper? Um, you know, it's, for me, it's a really, it's a, it's a game of preparation and then it's a game of execution. And my job is to prepare them and their, jo their job is to execute it. And so I'm, I'm laser focused to the preparation that it will take to beat two very good teams. And so going back to Dartmouth, obviously you played at Dartmouth, mm -hmm. you coached at Dartmouth. Is it special still, or is mm. it, you know, now? Yeah, you know, I've got... like another lifetime? I, it does seem, that's a great point. I'm getting old. It does seem like a different lifetime, but there'll be... It's not age-related. Yes, it's know. a long time. No, it's been a, it's a huge part of my life. I've got two Ivy League degrees from that institution. They, it's a place that raised me and gave me a chance both as a player um, and as a coach. It gave me my first kind of step in the door in this business. So um, it's a space, place that's very special for me. I'll probably have... I don't know, I'll probably need 40 tickets in terms of family and high school, old high school friends and old high school teachers. And then, you know, annually the university president up there comes and the AD and it just, I get treated really well up there and, and, um, you know, they're doing, they're asking if they can, you know, the New Hampshire news station will be miking me up and they'll be in the locker room. And, you know, anytime that we can share our story, I think it's a good example uh, to do that. And so it is a homecoming trip, but, um, for me, I'll be wearing orange and black really proudly. So, while you were playing Cornell, I was actually going to take a picture of this and send it to you on Friday. <laughs> I was sitting here in this office where we do the uh, court report each week. With an orange wall, which I love. I have the orange wall behind me. I had on my computer your game, and on the TV behind you, I had Denver Duke lacrosse. Oh, cool. Tyranny. And that game started at 5, and your game started at, I don't even remember what time your game started. 6, maybe? I don't either. That was a lifetime ago last week. And <laughs> what was weird to me is there was nobody in the building. Because and here was a Friday in February and like oh the right because the men were too, away too the cool. men were away as well and so it was weird to me because if you had been home or if the men had been home I would have watched the lacrosse game and gone upstairs and watched the basketball game I ended up going over and watching the hockey game in the rink but it was just strange that Jadwin was kind of quiet on I a bet. Friday night yeah so what is I, I know you like the doubleheaders yeah. and I know you like playing first what. Do you think that will ever come to be? Like, what do the other women's coaches think? You know? I, I think we all like it. I think the challenge is what the men want because the men get a shortened warm-up, right? So they get they only get 30 minutes after the tip. And now this particular game with the men, I felt awful about. We played at 6, so they didn't start till about 8.30. It's, as you know, it's a four-and-a-half-hour ride, um, and it was a triple overtime game. They didn't get in until after 3 a.m., and they have to play Columbia at, at you know 6 p.m. the next day. Um, so our, our time, I think, should have been bumped up. Um, but I like it in terms of also these in, these institutions are overstretched in terms of their administrative support. So kind of dive in for three full weekends as opposed to, you know, six straight. Um, but I also, I get to play on the front end. So nothing is affected on my end. I get to warm up the full warm up. I get to, um, which I, I think is a big deal for the men that they don't get to do that. So, uh, you know, I don't know. But I would think if it ever came to be double headers that they would probably a, be a sense of Shift wanting the to time. have the men play first sometimes and the women play second. Then sometimes. I wouldn't like it. I know you wouldn't like it. Right. I think, so uh, that's why I say I don't know if the men would be on board. Um, I was actually thinking, do I like it or not? Because I would have liked it if there was a basketball game going on up here. <laughs> but I appreciate that uh, everybody else didn't, you know, who works here didn't have to do all the things that they had to do for mm -hmm. basketball. And they all got a weekend. Where yeah. It's also four shoot-arounds. And shoot-arounds are important for those for the listeners that are just listening kind of as a, as a fan of basketball, is the, um, you know, the shoot-arounds are important to get in other, the other team's gym, you know, get used to their lighting and their floor and their rooms and the views. And, 
And so we shot around, I want to say at like 10 a.m. or something for a 7 o'clock. You know, it's just because we're trying to get four teams in there to shoot around. So it does adjust your times a little bit differently than it would if it was just two of you. Okay, so I just looked it up while you were talking. And the men actually do play Harvard on Friday and Dartmouth on Saturday because the Harvard game is an ESPNU game. So I think because of that, the other teams agreed to switch it so that game could be on TV. But it's I, wow. I looked on your schedule and you're definitely Interesting. Dartmouth. I, have def I was going to say, I hope I I'm, definitely I'm definitely Dartmouth. Yeah, I've got family coming, so i got to tell them if it's changed. I always That was always my fear when I was <laughs> the men's basketball contact and we used to travel and it would be me and Tom McCarthy who was, uh, he was our radio guy then and he's at the, uh, the with the Phillies now on TV and he's doing all these uh, – NFL and NCAA games, and then Mark Hackle would cover for the Trenton Times when he would uh, was still work there. He's retired and living in Myrtle Beach now, uh, so that was a long time ago too. But but our fear was always we were going to show up, <laughs> pick a school. We were going to show up at Dartmouth right. on a Friday night, and, and Penn would be there, and not oh, Princeton. God. And we'd be like, oh no, we got it backwards. So it's it, it unless I am not reading the schedule on the webpage right, it is Harvard men here at Jadwin. Wow. Friday night. That's a seven o'clock start on ESPNU. They'll play Dartmouth on Saturday. Okay. And we and are then flipped. On the women's side, it's Dartmouth Friday and, and Harvard Saturday. Wow. Uh, a lot to play for for your team. Big time. Um, playing for championships. And, and uh, I know, I don't even have to ask you this, I know that the advent of the Ivy League tournament has not lessened for you the importance of wanting to win the Ivy League championship. Yeah, that's first and foremost. I think I think on record, I know we'll probably talk about it on our future podcast, but the, the, the NCAA tournament bid should go to the regular season champion. You know, and so... But more importantly, I, you know, I just think for us to try to go through this 14-game gauntlet and to be able to be the best team in the Ivy League means a whole heck of a lot for this year and forever. So that's what we're going for. So huge games for your team. One thing I did not look up, I should have, was what time your, time your games are. Both are at 7. Brutal. I'm going to be – that's late. Um, both are at 7 because of TV. The Saturday night game will be on um, Nesson up, up north. So, so 7 o'clock uh, Friday night at Dartmouth for the women. The men are home with Harvard. The men are home with Dartmouth Saturday. Uh, the women at Dartmouth, 7 o'clock Friday. The women at uh, Harvard, 7 o'clock Saturday. Uh, huge games for uh, Penn at the opposite sites. Huge games for all four teams. And time. Could very well be the four teams in the Ivy League tournament, although Yale is still very much in the mix, tied with Harvard and Dartmouth for third place. So we'll see how this weekend sorts itself out with those games, and we'll talk about that next week. In the meantime, enjoy the warm weather if you get a chance. There you go. That's right. Re rejuvenate. And it's supposed to rain for the next like, five days. After well, I'm going up north, and it's probably oh, going to be snowy true. and muddy, so that's how I roll. Well, Courtney Bankart, thanks for being with us again. I love it, Jerry. Thanks. This has been The Court Report. Jerry Price, once again, for Courtney Bankart. We thank you for being with us, and we thank you once again for your support of Princeton women's basketball. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.